0: Welcome back to the Roster Watch Podcast. This is Alex Dunlap. In this episode, I had a great conversation with John Ledyard of the Draft Network and the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John has an insane wealth of knowledge when it comes to the NFL Draft, uh, when it comes to player evaluation, and he's a guy that recently I've come to consider as one of the top and really authoritative minds as far as the NFL Draft media space. You can find his work at the draftnetwork.com and also hear his podcast five days a week year round by searching on your podcast provider for the locked on NFL draft podcast. And like I mentioned, it's a year round pod. It's co-hosted by our friend Trevor Sykema. Um, this podcast here on roster watch, it focuses mostly on sec wide receivers and hopefully it'll serve as a bit of a primer for your early dynasty and 2019 best ball research. We go into detail about the excellent trio from Ole Miss. That's uh, Demarcus Lodge, A.J. Brown, uh, D.K. Metcalf, as well as Debo Samuel from South Carolina, uh, Emmanuel Hall from Missouri, and Riley Ridley from Georgia. We also talk about what will become of the Steelers' backfield in 2019 between James Conner and Jalen Samuels in the absence of Le'Veon Bell. If you enjoy the pod... Please give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. It helps more than you know. It aids in getting the podcast out to more listeners and helps push us up the charts. Please, if you can, give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We would certainly appreciate it. You can support the Roster Watch podcast and get access to multiple bonus podcasts per week featuring me, Byron Lambert, and the Trash Man, along with other great guests uh, by getting a pro membership at RosterWatch.com. We'll be bringing you all the latest news from the Senior Bowl, the Combine, the Roster Watch Pro Day Tour, and so much more as we get into the heart of draft season. We'll also take you behind the curtain regarding the development of off-season tools like the Best Ball Cheat Sheet and the Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheet. It is entirely due to listeners like you that this is all possible, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show with John Ledyard.
1: This is Jalen Samuels, and you're listening to Roster Watch.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and as we said in the open, we have a very special guest today, only the second guest that we've had here on the Rosterwatch podcast, because... It's, we only started having guests last week and I found out uh, actually some uh, Skype functionality from this man because he's an epic podcaster himself with the Locked On uh, Draft podcast. He's from the Draft Network. His name is John Ledyard. John Ledyard, what's going on,
1: brother? hey I'm doing great Alex thanks so much for having me I appreciate
0: it yeah no thing man well so I, the reason I wanted to have you on you know uh, first and foremost was just to tell you that I, I've I've really uh, become a fan of your work over there at the Draft Network what you guys are doing with uh, Joe Marino and Tre- our, our guy Trevor Sycamore who uh, uh, listeners to this podcast and listeners to the show on Serious have, have heard numerous times talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, those guys Kyle Krabs uh, um, do, do you guys really do some good work and pro- provide some really good intel on these players and for somebody like me that has to really start my work on the draft circuit basically right now in, in in week 17 and kind of getting you know starting to watch the senior bowl guys and then getting ready for the combine and then then the pro day tour and then you know of course the draft you know having resources like you guys that just do this all year round and kind of um help us with help us in developing a primer through which uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. a, a lens through which we can view these guys has been extremely helpful and so super glad to have you on and some of these guys that I wanted to talk about today as far as the 2019 NFL draft prospects were some of the wide receivers out of the SEC and to me that starts with the old miss guys because these dudes are um An interesting bunch, to say the least, with AJ Brown, Demarcus Lodge, and then DK Metcalf. I want to get your thoughts on each one of these guys because I've kind of have my initial thoughts on them. Mostly, um, Demarcus Lodge, just because you know Lodge is a guy who I've seen you know ever since he was a freshman in in high school. You know, at the state seven on sevens here in Texas, and uh, also with the different rivals' camps that I covered and. You know,
1: he's
0: a he's a, he's a guy who I have a lot of thoughts on. Who I'm, I'm really interested to kind of hear what you thought of him this year. But before mm-hmm. we get to him, I think that the bigger name guys. Um, it seems like AJ Brown probably in the in the mainstream draft media is the one who has cr- kind of generated the most steam. You have guys like Daniel Jeremiah at the NFL Network talking about him as the possible, you know, number 1 wide receiver in the draft. You look at him, he's 6 foot 1, I think he's around 225 and he, you know, he's just got that size. He's he he's, seems to have really good hands i'm not sure they're the softest hands, but they're really they're really you know really big hands and he's a real physical guy that plays a lot in the slot and he's just been a real matchup problem there. He's also been i think the leading receiver as as far as the guys mm-hmm. on that team over thirteen hundred yards this season so what do, you, what do you have on him? Obviously, man, he's got that, you know, that big frame and those broad shoulders. When I look at him, he reminds me a little bit of when I went to the Ole Miss Pro Day back in, what, 2016 to go see Laquan Treadwell. Kind of that same, hmm. that same sort of build. Uh, what, what is your book on A.J. Brown? How do you see him projecting to the next level?
1: Yeah, he's a really interesting prospect. I think when I watched A.J. Brown, I thought about him more as a day-two guy. Uh, that I did around one guy. I know some other people have thrown his name out there as around one guy. I think big media psyched him as a top 10 guy. I don't see that level of athlete. I, I see some concerns with this game. that would keep me from going there, but will he be a good player in the NFL? I definitely think he will. Can he make an early impact in the NFL? I definitely think he can, you know, as, a, as an inside guy, even in the NFL mismatch guy, like you talked about, he's a really good route runner. He's got good vision, sees the field well, and he's slippery tough after the catch, you know, not super explosive, or athletic, but where I worry about him is kind of on the outside in the NFL. Let's say yes, and move out there because of his size. You know, teams are going to project him and want to see him on the outside. I'm sure. You know, he has not played there very much at Ole Miss. When DK Metcalf went down, he did get, see some more outside reps this season. He was okay. I thought there were, there were matchups that definitely gave him trouble. Uh, He does not have the vertical speed or explosiveness to really win in that linear portion of the field on the outside, which is a big reason why Ole Miss played him on the inside, because he really doesn't run by people, nor does he really adjust and go get the football down the air either. You know, so when you watch DeMarcus Lodge and DK Metcalf, you see two guys that go attack the football on the vertical plane, you know, two guys that have the speed to outrun people, but also have the ball skills to go up and rise above defensive backs and make plays on the ball. That's not really a J Brown's game. Neither of those things are really his game. So those limitations kind of make me think here's a guy who probably is going to test very average, but I think is is subtle and technical enough that he can still win in the NFL as an inside guy. Or asked to do certain things on the outside, he certainly can improve. But yeah, press coverage gives him some issues just because he's not used to getting off against press coverage because he's usually uncovered in the slot or guys playing off of him in the slot or he sees a lot of zone coverage. But yeah, that offense did it ran through him pretty heavily. He's got great size. He does have pretty good hands. He'll have some focus drops from here and there. And I love how crafty he is after the catch. And he can beat guys in the middle. You know, when you if you have him run slot fade and things like that down the field, like he can he can win just what by varying up his stride lengths and bursting by guys. So he's got a good skill set. I just don't know if he has the traits and the ball skills to kind of rise up, play on the outside, and be a guy who wins down the field. So I think that you'll see the NFL kind of make him a weird projection, but I think inside he's definitely more of a polished product. Than Laquan Treadwell was coming out.
0: Do you do you think that? Uh, well, I I think I agree. I, I I I certainly agree that I think he's more polished than than Laquan Treadwell coming out. And I think I like him better than I like Laquan mm-hmm. Treadwell. I, I'm. It's really going to be you know at the combine. I'll be you know uh, we'll get to go like inside Lucas Oil and watch these wide receiver drills. I'll be interested in those. I'll be interested. This is a pro day that I'm going to have to get out to on the on on the pro day tour as well. I just I wonder, man, like. Do you – I'm just not sure he's the – like, I'm not sure he's the twitchiest, and I just wonder if you think – do you think that he can – for one, how do you think he is with – how do you think he's going to test as far as his – as far as his – like, as as far as his agility – You know, because I feel Mm. like he's going to be one of these guys that's going to have probably pretty good size-adjusted agility. But I just wonder about his long speed. Uh, Like it seems like he can get up to that long speed eventually. I just wonder how fast he can get up to it. Like, what do you see about him, athleticism-wise, from that agility standpoint, and also how Mm. fast he
1: can get up to his to, to his optimal long speed. Yeah, I think that uh, he is more of a build-up speed guy for sure. But, I mean, I think he does have some decent wheels. But, I mean, if he runs in the 4.5s, it'll be good for him. I'll be shocked if he hits the 4.4s. Four if he hits the 4.4s, four that's awesome. Yeah, that team is going to definitely want to play on the outside. But I think he'll be a 4.5s guy. Uh, we'll see uh, probably a high 4.5s guy, you know, four five eight something like that. Um, if he runs in the 4.6s, you're going to you know, see some concern. If he doesn't run at the combine, you know, as a bigger name, that's definitely possible that he doesn't run at the combine. You know, I think I really – in my mind, at least, you know, I'll think I'll start to think, okay, yeah, he probably wasn't going to run something great and he knew it, so he'd rather do it at his pro day. And like, uh, so there, there'll be that thought process with him. Agilities, yeah, that's going to be a question for sure. You know, lower body explosiveness, that's the one area I worry about him after the catch. He's so crafty and kind of aware of where defenders are that I still like him after the catch. I still like him in the open field. But yeah, without being overly explosive, it does limit some of the damage you're able to do after the catch. So, I do think that's going to be something to have to watch with him. Is how is his explosiveness and all those drills, but even the jumps. You know, what I mean, I think if he jumps thirty, I, I expect him to jump something like thirty-five. You know, tops. Um, so you know, if he jumps, if he jumps great, then uh, maybe I'll have to go back to the tape and say maybe he's more explosive and we give him credit for. It. I also wonder if he wants to come in at two twenty. I mean, some sites list him at two thirty. I don't think he's that big, but do you want to be that big? I mean, if you're two fifteen and you're six one as a receiver, you're fine, man. Like if you're two ten, you're fine. So maybe that is part of the pre-draft process for him, depending on what advice he's getting, he's cutting some weight down. So if we see him check in lighter than he's listed at, you know, then maybe we ask, start to ask him the question: How heavy were you when you played? Did you lose weight, or is this your playing weight? You know, when you were just listed wrong the whole time, and you know, if so, like okay, these explosive numbers at this weight, let's see what they are and how they check out. Because yeah, in my mind, I don't think you need to be two twenty-five. He's not like a six-four guy like DK Metcalf, so I don't think. He needs to be two twenty-five at his height. I just don't know if that's a, a big priority for him.
0: Yeah, and and I think that when you see him standing next to these guys, I I honestly think that he's all of all of six one. I don't think he's he's gonna, he's, he's going to measure in it was one of these guys that comes in at like 602 or something like that when he's been listed at one. I think he's actually pretty close. And like you said, the BMI as far as at that as far as at that height, 215, you're fine. Like like right. I mean, it seems like you're might actually be carrying a little bit of extra weight there there at 225. <laughs> so uh, so that's so that's AJ Brown and this this group of three wide receivers, man. I can't remember the last time there's been a there's been, you know, three like this on a team. I mean, It reminds me a little bit of the pro day with like, you know with Jarvis and Odell Beckham but that was only two of them mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a special group uh, the next one here is Demarcus Lodge from Cedar Hill he's uh he was a uh, I think he was a four-star recruit was he a four-star or five-star recruit coming out I he think a, he was
1: a four-star yeah so
0: he, he, he was a high four-star then uh he mm-hmm. definitely was a phenom here as far as the Texas high school football circuit and like I said I've been seeing him live at state seven on seven since he was a you know a, a freshman in high school and it, I mean ever since then I've always said well that kid's going to be a, a superstar he works out here uh, in texas in dallas with coach um with coach david robinson at always open and you know david robinson works with antonio brown and des bryan mm-hmm. and Cortland Sutton and just that you know at crab Tree. just everybody you know go, go, goes to work with coach d rob and lodge has sort of been one of his disciples ever since he was like, was like an eighth grade so look i mean from him what i what i'd always said about him for one i sort of have always viewed demarcus lodge from the from the prism of like you know just kind of watching him grow up and saying like this kid's going to be an absolute superstar but when you mm-hmm. watch him on t- – I mean, he was like Superman-like. And even at his Underwarmer yeah. All-American practices, it, it, like his, his All-Star game practices, I mean, the only other guy like him was the kid Ty- Tyron Johnson from out of Louisiana that year. It's like other than those guys, man, like uh, this guy was – he could make the contested catches. He would just out mm-hmm. outclass le- lesser athletes. Right. Um just he he would get vertical and go get it. Like he, I saw him as a plug and play stick of dynamite that some college team was going to get mm-hmm. as a high school player. Now, when I watch back his 2018 tape and I'd like to hear what, hear your thoughts on this. Cause you could be wildly different. I think that there were concentration drops during that army all American week of practices. And it's like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I still see those like, I, or, you know, of yeah. uh, concentration issues. Um, I'm not also like as he has, he has big hands, but what, I'm not sure how he has good hands, I guess. I'm just not sure how dependable they really are um, at this point in time. And but the one thing I will say that I've noticed how his game has really, really, really come a long way. And I can just see it's a Coach D Rob signature move. It's in his cover two releases. It's in his stemming at the line of scrimmage. It, it like the way that he can the way that he gets off the ball at the line of scrimmage. His feet are. Flashy, dude. I mean, uh, like very, 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 very good feet. um, uh, Coming off the line of scrimmage in his stems, it seems like he could still go up and get it a little bit. Just maybe a little bit more. I don't. I don't know. Like, what do you think? I mean, do you do you feel like I'm a little? I'm I'm overselling him, being a little bit inconsistent still.
1: No, uh, for sure. No, if you were talking about the big concern with Demarcus Lodge, it's definitely. Can he catch the ball consistently? Um, he, but at the same time, DeMarcus Lodge makes unbelievable catches that other people in college football can't <laughs> yeah, make. Right, and then he right, drops right. a couple of simple ones. So he, he is a mixed bag. I think he's a very interesting evaluation. I honestly, and I'm probably crazy for this, and I'll probably get billed as crazy throughout the pre-draft process. I have DeMarcus Lodge ranked a little bit higher than A.J. Brown. I like them both in the early day two range, because I think if you're looking at DeMarcus Lodge, I love the fact he can go get the ball in the air. He can make contested catches his body control along the sideline and his ability to elevate. I mean, I think he's going to jump way better than Brown. I think he's faster than Brown. And I think he knows how to use his athleticism. His body control is unbelievable. He works the boundary extremely well. He, like I said, he can make those flashy plays. He can run by you. His releases on the outside. He faces press coverage all the time. Watching two, 2017, he cooked up Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams couldn't stop yep. him in 2017. It was the best player that Greedy faced all year. I thought you know in terms of the matchup, Greedy couldn't hold him. And then this year they put Greedy on DK Metcalf. But I thought Lodge, you know, he, I mean, he made an LSU corner fall down this season with his release, you know, off the line of scrimmage. So he's got great feet, like you said, at the line of scrimmage. I think he's very technical. I think he's very pro-ready. The big question with him, how fast is he going to run? Is he, because he is a vertical guy in that offense. So he has to I think he has to run probably in the 4 fours, at least the five 4-5s or the low 4-5s. So we'll see where he comes in on the 40. That's going to be a question mark with him. He got to impress athletically. I think he will. Uh, the other question with him is going to be, I think, Play strength, like, I think he plays strong at certain points, like, but he also has very few in-breaking routes in that offense. Most of his stuff is in the vertical linear plane. Occasionally we'll give him a slant or a post, but it's pretty rare in that offense. So I do think when you watch him, can he run the full route tree and can he box out corners over the middle of the field? I mean, there were some encouraging flashes, honestly, in the few reps he was able to do that this season, broke some tackles, made some plays after the catch. But that kind of stuff, he wasn't given those manufactured touches like AJ Brown was. So there's some questions about stuff he didn't do on tape a lot, but I don't think there's anything on tape to say he can't do those things either. So to me, him not getting invited to the senior bowl blew my mind. I come, I, I thought he was like going to be the first wide receiver there. You know, he and Debo. So I, I was blown away by the fact that he wasn't invited to the senior bowl. Hold on. is
0: is he already in his fourth year?
1: Yes, he's a senior. Yeah, this is it for him. He'll be at the Shrine Game, and I will be there as well. Are you I kidding me? He didn't the, get a Senior yeah. Bowl
0: invite. For some reason, I had it in he my I, I had it in my head that he was still a junior.
1: He's oh, no, I, yeah, I he thought he was
0: declaring see. early, and he didn't get a no. Senior Bowl invite.
1: No, he did not get a Senior well, Bowl invite. He got a Shrine Game invite, and he will be there at the Shrine Game, I believe. But. Naggy, Naggy's coming I on this podcast. <laughs>
0: Nag Naggy's coming on this podcast next week, man. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ask him so what the hell Kim about D-Lodge.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think Nagy does a wonderful job. I think he's a great. I think he's a great guy. I think that he has some really good perspective on players, and I, I think he takes the NFL's consideration into account here. Which to me means I don't know that the NFL is crazy on DeMarcus Lodge. Now he has a great week of trying game. Maybe he gets a call up. We'll see what happens. I'm floored. I know we'll Miss people. I was on shows there. They were just absolutely blown away. I mean, they they thought he was a top 100 lock. And you know, I mean, at, at, you know, I, it sounds like NFL's thinking about him in the later latter stages of the day three. So I have no idea how that's possible or what what I think he's going to test like and his size and his production and his plays on tape. You know, I, that's yeah. mind-boggling to me. But uh, what I see, I see a round two player that I would love to have on my team that reminds me honestly a lot. Of Brandon Lloyd, and I know Brad Kelly over at the Draft Network has said that as well. You know Brandon Lloyd is probably a little more, a little more, a better polish after the catch, and a little better polish at the line of scrimmage. But um, yeah, I think he can be a really, a really an impact player in the NFL. He has he has that kind of body control and and ability to elevate in the vertical plane and make splash plays with the ball with the ball in the air. And I think that that's just pretty rare. So I I was shocked not to see him at Senior Bowl, but I think. Huge opportunity for him to light up the Shrine game, clearly prove he's the best receiver there, and really distance himself from what will be a good wide receiver group at the Shrine game.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, still, like, D. Lodge has always shined in, in all-star settings. He's going to get the de- – day. He, he's going to be the, this year's day, Sean Hamilton or Geronimo Allison mm-hmm. or the, one of yeah. these guys that really, really shows out there. And, just, like, he, he'll, get, he'll get called up. Like, he's going to have a I good week so. there um all right uh how about let's move on to the third one here for old miss and just what a group this is because when i look at d k metcalf um coming out uh was a, was another highly recruited guy i believe that his dad played in the n f l um uh, as, as, as an offensive lineman, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, 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 he was a four-star with an NFL dad. He looks like he got hurt in 2018. That was a neck injury, but hopes to be healthy for the combine. But, dude, when you look at this guy, I almost think, and you, and you might think I'm crazy for this, I almost think he could have more upside than all of them. Because he's he's he has the length like he has the, some go go gadget arms that he can extend. Just his his catch radius seems out, outrageous. He has terrific body control. He just seems like an athletic dude, and he stems well, just just like Lodge uh, on, mm-hmm. on on the outside. So I think he might be the freakiest of all. Maybe I mean maybe more ra- maybe more raw than AJ Brown. I'm not really sure, but I mean. What do you think? Do you do you th- like? What do you think about DK Metcalf? And am I crazy to think that he might have the highest upside?
1: Oh no, he certainly has the highest upside. I don't think it's even close to me. I see Brown as maybe the most maxed out guy in terms of he kind of is what he is, and there's some things he can get better at, you know, against press coverage and stuff. But you know, Lodge, if he can catch the ball consistently, uh, any of these guys I could see being the most productive in the NFL. There's a path for all of them, and it's important I think for us as draft analysts too. And you know this, like, to think of it in that way, almost like. Situation, usage, development will, will matter a lot for these guys. And, and all these guys are talented enough to me to not say that it's crazy for any of them to potentially be the best in the NFL. But I'm betting on DK Metcalf. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's huge. He's a freak. He makes unreal catches outside of his frame. Yeah, he drops some passes. He's got to learn the full route tree. You know, there's things that got to develop. But how many guys his size moved the way He doesn't, I just put him vertical. I mean, the ability to get to top speed in an instant, the ability to make one cut and separate, you know, when he does get an in-breaking route, which is rare, you know, I mean, I just, after the catch, like he's competitive, he's athletic, he's physical, he's got breakaway speed, you know, all the traits and the components are there with DK Metcalf. Like he didn't, didn't have a lot of games and experience, you know, that's the unfortunate part with him getting hurt this year and being late into the lineup last year. And he's only a redshirt sophomore. So you know, I just think with DK Metcalf, you're going to look at not a ton of production right now. There's some inconsistencies and some things he we'll have to learn. Uh, I see, and again, Brad Kelly over at the Draft Network and I talk about this. We see Josh Gordon when we watch him without all, obviously, all the off the field stuff. I think he has that kind of potential, top ten wide receiver in the NFL type of potential. Um, he's that talented, but it's about finding the consistency now. So there's certainly a path if he goes somewhere that doesn't build his confidence and doesn't develop the full route tree and things like that, where that that lack of confidence could catch up. I think at some point, but uh, to me, I'm betting on him. good, good landing spot. I think the guy can be an all pro and he's that talented in terms of, and I think he's going to blow away testing and he's going to look unbelievable and weigh in unbelievable and interview but, I mean, He just, he carries himself like the great wide receivers do. You know, he's that, he exudes that kind of confidence. He chokes like that after plays. He believes in a set. He's got this unbelievable frame. He works incredibly hard, goes to stuff in the off season camps and things like that to try and get better and polish his game. So I think you're talking about the guy to me out of all the wide was in the 2019 class. I think Metcalf is the guy with the highest ceiling.
0: Oh, oh, oh really? Okay, well, that dude, oh, dude, that gets me fired up because, because, <laughs> yeah, dude, because I love him too. I, like, I like, I've, mm-hmm. I, I haven't got my eyes on all these guys yet, but I was certainly figuring that DK Metcalf would be one of my favorites. Very excited to hear you say that. That you know, you think he has among the highest upside in the whole entire class. Let, but let me ask you this, mm-hmm. Do What do you know about the neck? In, like, have you heard anything about the neck injury and about whether or not he's going to be able to like participate at the combine? Does it seem like he's going to well, be? Well, okay? I
1: haven't heard. I haven't heard a ton. I mean, I know when it first happened, Tony Paulino was kind of floating at some things, you know, could be really serious with his neck injury, but it certainly doesn't feel that way now. I mean, why you know, for him, he's a redshirt sophomore, he's young. Like why would you declare if your neck injury was going to keep you from a doing stuff at the combine, but b also like show up super negatively on your medical report. So my guess is, that it's not going to end up being that huge of a deal uh, in the long run. Now, will he be at full strength enough to work out the combine? We'll have to see. It may be a pro day type of thing, or he may only do certain activities or, you know, we'll see the medicals will be bigger for him than anything. I think obviously, but based on his decision, my guess would be that it's not anything that's going to be super concerning, but you never know. I mean, we've had, stuff creep up with guys that they didn't even expect they thought they were good and in the clear and the nfl finds something to to get worried about you know we see it all the time with players so we'll see if it ends up bearing drew with metcalf or not he's 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 gonna be fine
0: so it's it seems like so am i wrong in saying you got you actually have them rated in the kind of the opposite order that we went through them in (laughs) like you like Mm -hmm. metcalf then lodge and then brown so you so you like lodge better than brown as of now
1: yeah, I, I do. I do. I like Lodge better than Brown right now, but I mean, I think testing can help separate that a little bit right now. Lodge is five overall for me in my wide receiver ranking and uh, Brown is six. I believe there's some guys I haven't fully studied yet. So I, I anticipate there being some level of movement, but those that's where I kind of have them right now. And I think both, both I would love to have in the second round, you know, I think that they're, they're good players for sure, but yeah, they're totally different players too. It's almost hard to compare them. You know, if Brown's to me, Brown's going to play inside of the NFL, you know he's going to have to be a volume receiver, um, but I think that he can do some good things for your offense. You might only throw to Lodge four or five times a game, but he's going to make those count, you know, for big plays. I think so. I mean, very different types of receivers. It really depends. I know we just want to say a straight ranking, and because that's fun and you know more fun to talk. But like in some ways, it really depends what you need. You know, like. If I'm Green Bay's offense, I want Demarcus Lodge, you know. But you know, if I'm Detroit's offense, I want AJ brown because just lost Golden Tate and he can play right away in the inside and you have Goliday and Jones outside. And so, you know, it really kind of does depend on the team and the fit and and where you see these guys, you know, playing at their best football at the next level because they are super different receivers.
0: The Lions would be a great would be a great spot. I would I would love mm-hmm. that for him. I, I would love yeah. that for Galladay. Um you All know. right. Uh, let's, let's talk about Debo Samuel. He was a guy who I thought – I mean – There was a, even though I think he was injured last year, but there was some talk Mm -hmm. before the injury last year that he was going to be a guy that would certainly come out. Um, When I, when I watched him this year, so he's, he's not playing in the bowl game. He's sitting out the bowl Mm -hmm. game as more and more. These guys are continuing to do. He has accepted an invite to the senior bowl, which of course I'm super excited about. Um, Mm -hmm. You're going to be at the senior bowl, right?
1: Do you go to the senior? Yes, I will be there. Okay, cool. Yep, I'll be at Shrine and then driving over to Senior Bowl.
0: Nice. Dude. We'll we'll have to grab a beer or, or something. Absolutely. There, in, there in Mobile. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, all right. So I thought um, I looked at him. I thought he looked just as fast as a senior as as I'd seen him before. And when I first started watching mm-hmm. his tapes last year, I know that a lot of people were worried about him getting back up to speed after that twenty seven. What was the twenty seventeen injury?
1: Do you yeah, remember, it was an ankle. Do you what he broke it was? his ankle in the. He broke his ankle in week three. Okay. Derek Fady, the corner for Kentucky, rolled up on his on the back of his ankle during a tackle.
0: Okay. So it, all right. So and an ankle. I'm not I'm not that concerned about it. Um. I right. think I I think that he. I'm, I just I look at him and I see a guy who's certainly a certainly a playmaker. Um. You know, these guys, we've seen a high correlation with these guys who are good kick returners, turning out to be good wide receivers at the NFL level. My personal working theory, I don't have any, you know, this is just a hypothesis, but I think it just has to do with the open field vision and the sort of burst and and the the ability to dash into space that these guys kind of – That they kind of get to really work on those skills as kick returners really helps them after catches as wide receivers. But I just, what do you make of like I I want to hear your take on his true like ball skills, his true ability to catch because it's clear that he can that he can. There's there's some of these balls that he was lucky to reel in half the time because I'm not sure how good his quarterback play was at least in the 2018 right. season. Like, what do you think about his his hands and his ball skills mm-hmm. specifically? Because I mean, I think it's clear. And do you agree with the fact that I mean, as far as with with, with the ball in his hands, the, the kid's an absolute playmaker. Right.
1: right. Yeah. For sure. No question. I think he's such an interesting player to evaluate. You know, I watched this past year. You know, doing summer scouting. Before the 2018 season. So this past summer, I was watching his tape, and obviously, only played in like two and a half games in 2017. So I really had to go back to 2016. I watched several games from 2016. I think he was a little bit lighter then. I thought he was a little bit more explosive then. He was going up and elevating and making plays on the ball. And I thought, man, this kid is all around, real deal. I don't care about that. He's 5'11. He knows how to elevate, he knows how to play the ball in the air. He's adjusting in the vertical plane, going for back shoulder throws, rising up above corners. The Missouri game in 2016, if you're just looking for a straight highlight real game. I mean, the kid was unbelievable. Balling his hands after the catch, elevating over defensive backs, mossing people, trash talking people, sideline work, you know, to, keeping the toes in the whole deal. I mean, he, I, I thought I was like, this guy's a top 10 pick. I don't even care about his size. <laughs> uh, and then 2017, he started out super hot again. Like he was on his way. He didn't catch many touchdowns in 2016. I think it only like one. And then 2017, three games, he was already at three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was lighting it up. He looked unbelievable. And then he hurt the ankle and then he comes out this year and the whole South Carolina offense was a mess. It wasn't just him, Brian Edwards, dropping passes, shy Smith, dropping passes. Jake Bentley was unwatchable. Then he got hurt and the backup kid was in and he wasn't, you know, he he did what he could, but yeah, he wasn't great. And so the whole offense just kind of wasn't what it should have been early in the season. They looked really, really rough week to week. Everything was a struggle. They started running the ball more, you know, he wasn't getting, I didn't think he won that matchup with the Andre Baker. I thought he was okay, but you know, I didn't think he was getting open as much as he did. Uh, his catch radius was getting exposed a lot more, you know, as a smaller guy. And then at the end of the season, he kind of lit it up again. Like I didn't think he was, he was like nowhere close to getting a thousand. Yards. And now, if he has a great bowl game, I think he's going to be near. The, so, I mean, there's this, or he's not playing in the bowl game, but if he were, you know, he would have a thousand. You know, I think so. He, he ended up having like a pretty good season statistically um, and ended up catching like a ton of like 11 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns, something like that um, this year. So he ended up making a bunch of impact plays, but no, there were some blown coverages I thought he made plays on. You know, after with the ball in his hands, still did some really, really good things. But I don't know that I saw the same level of explosiveness that I saw with him in the past. I wonder is he a four or five guy? That's great. But when you're small, you want to be faster too. Does he need to cut some weight back? I mean, he's listed like two fifteen, but he's yeah. only five eleven. Right. You know, so I wonder if he's just too and he, it's good weight, but I don't know if he needs all that. You know, he looks like a running back and so I mean, that offense didn't help them for sure. Uh, I thought they, you know, they had a ton of guys this year and they liked showing the shy Smith in the slot. I don't think it went, Debo should have gotten more reps in the slot. I think optimally, I think he will in the NFL. Um, to me, he reminds me a lot of Jarvis Landry. I, the guy I'd love one day too. I don't know if I want him round one. Like you said, he can do a lot of return things. as a return guy. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can catch the ball short and make people, make things happen after the catch what is he going to do in the vertical passing game? You know, is he going to be able to make plays there? Can he gain can that consistent separation? You know, vertically can he rise up and make plays above the rim? And I, like I said, in 2016, I saw that, but this past year, man, I watched like every game of, of his season this past year, because I was down the SEC heavy for our site. I just didn't see that player. Like he just, you know, every pass that was over his head, and there were a lot of bad throws, but he just didn't come down with many of them. Whereas in the past, it didn't matter if it was bad. He was coming down with it. So, can he get back to that form? Was it coming back from the ankle? Did he gain, you know, too much muscle working out coming back from the ankle? I'm not really sure, you know? Um, so I'm curious what he tests and what he weighs in at. That'll kind of determine where right now I'm like at the middle of day two, with him late second round, early third round type of range. I like him a lot. I, I really like him coming into the year, but I like him a little bit less now, but I still like him. I still want him on my team. You know, he offers a lot of good things, but I just don't know if he's the high-value guy I once thought he was.
0: And, and the more I hear you sort of talk about this, John, like, I, I think about this, this wide receiver class, and even though it kind of lacks a little bit of sizzle at the very top, it feels deep. Like there's a lot of these guys mm-hmm. oh, we yeah. can talk about. Is day two and day, day you know, I'm, I'm 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 sorry. Day two is in like round two and round three guys yeah. that um that I mean a, a lot of these guys you you could see you know, slipping into that even these even players that we're not going to talk about today. I mean they're just it, mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's going to be real deep. It's going to be about these teams picking the flavor of wide receiver that they're most interested in. Uh, what as far right. as as far as Debo Samuel, like just before we move on to the next one, what is it that you're most interested to about? Evaluate about him during the week of the senior bowl
1: I think how he does above the rim you know how, how he does in contested catch situations right. adjusting to off-target balls does his catch radius continue to kind of be exposed or was a lot of that Jake Bentley really throwing uncatchable balls you know sometimes it's hard to tell when you're watching tape you know for all even the even when you get coaches tape angle sometimes it's harder to tell from coaches tape you know how close was the ball really to him like could he have actually even made that play so being able to see those things up close to be honest is going to be one of the big things I'm really looking forward to with Debo. And one of the things I think he has to prove, like I think he's going to compete because he knows he's not a lock, you know, first round guy or top 50 guy or, you know, second round guy or anything like that. I think he's the kind of guy the NFL could – could sleep on a little bit and could take round three or four. So I think if he has a good week there and a good week at the combine and the medicals are good, which I expect them to be, then I think he puts himself back on that radar. And I think he could lock himself into being a top 60 pick.
0: Just a couple more of these guys I want to talk about. I know that Mm -hmm. you're at a a, a family gathering right now. We don't want to keep you away for too long, brother, but uh, this is all good good. stuff. It's all going to be helpful to all of our, all of our listeners out there. Um, Let's just talk about this other senior bowl guy first. Um, As far as SEC wide receivers, I believe the only two SEC wide receivers thus far at the Senior Bowl, it it is Debo Samuel and then this other guy, Emmanuel Hall from Missouri, Mm -hmm. correct? Those are the only two? I believe I think so.
1: that sounds right right now. For, I think so. now. Yeah, Thanks, there's a couple of Shrine, but yeah,
0: things things can always change, of course. As these guys get mm, agents, and they tell right. them they can't come and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the kid from Mizzou, he certainly won't be a guy who'll, who will skip out on the senior bowl. I think he's a guy who might be able to go there and help himself. Emmanuel Hall, I don't know his exact height and weight because colleges all just they just they're such liars. But they say that he's six yeah. foot three, um, and then I believe is listed. Uh, weight was 195 and just whenever i first whenever i first saw that it just i mean maybe it's just the missouri thing it just reminded me a little bit of kind of jamon Moore, just you know that sort of prototype Hmm. of, of of player i felt like um you know he's a guy that it seems like he's a guy who can get behind you and can get vertical uh maybe though um not, sh- I mean, what do you think about him, man? Like, do you like? I, yeah. I, I, I wrote down that I have a little bit of hesitancy about it. A little bit of hesitancy about his hands. They don't seem that soft. It yeah. actually reminded me a lot of Jamon Moore's hands, uh, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. But um, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about Emmanuel Hall? I'm sure that you've watched him a lot closer than I have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched him all season long, especially Scott and Drew Locke. He obviously got hurt this year, too, and so was out for the middle portion of the season, came back, and, and did really, really well to the end of the season. You know, So there's less targets, but technically his drops and his drop rate did improve this year from a year ago. Um, he is interesting in that, you're right, drops are a big issue with him, but he also makes some really good catches outside of his frame down the field. Some vertical guys are just dropping it over my shoulder, and I'll catch it. He's more than that. He, he has made some really good catches. 2017, some of his vertical catches, the Georgia game, he lit him up. That's a good secondary, especially last year, and he lit him up. I mean, they, were, they had no prayer. They couldn't stop him for real speed. You know, he has to run if, for his game. If he runs in the fourth, that's great. He's got to run in the four fours. Yep. I think at least. I think he will. I don't have much concerns about his speed. You know, he can really accelerate, too. His releases were the biggest thing, improved a ton this season, where last year I felt like he was just a real one-trick pony this year I felt like there was more from him, you know, more diversity in his route tree uh, explosive out of his breaks, had very few yak opportunities in that offense. Just not, that's not how they use him. But when he had him, he did And he made people miss, like he was elusive in the open field. So I think there's more to him. I really like him. I think he's a sleeper. I think the NFL will see him as a top 100 guy unless he, plays out of that in the senior bowl or tests out of that at the combine. I think right now they would, they would take if the draft were today they would take him in the top one. Now if he doesn't run as fast as they expect then that he'll fly because that's his trump card. He needs to have that. Um, you know senior bowl same thing. Like if, he, if he just drops the ball a week and looks like a head case they can't get right you know they're going to drop him. Um, you know so I think to me, when you say Jamon Moore, I think the big difference between him and Jamon Moore, Jamon Moore didn't know like what he was doing at all, man. I mean, he was like <laughs> he was he was talented, but he was yeah, right. completely lost. You he, know, yeah, like, he he, just, yeah, right. he's a start from scratch guy. Right, right, <laughs> where right. Hall is, is more <laughs> polished with him for sure. You know, I mean, he'll draw passes too, but. So that's my, that's my one thing. The guy that he reminds me of, honestly, in some ways is Will Fuller. Now, will he run as fast as Will Fuller? I don't know that he'll run quite as fast as Will Fuller. So he'll probably go a little bit lower, but both longer, lankier guys uh, that had good size for a vertical threat, not necessarily guys that will win above the rim, but guys that can do, can win vertically in more ways than one uh, in terms of their ability to separate and track the ball and adjust to it. Um, So I like, I like Emmanuel. I do. I think he's a sleeper. I like him less than the other guys. I named right now, he's kind of in the same area as Debo for me grading out, but I'm very open to see if he runs amazing. You know, I I, I'd love to move him up. I think he's more polished than a DJ shark last year. uh, Some other guys like that, but the drops are a concern. He can't go out and drop the ball a ton, you know, during senior bowl week, your guy's going to get turned off because you got to finish those opportunities down the field. So that's, he has to show the ability to do that consistently, and I'll feel good about him in round two or three.
0: I love the Will Fuller call because it's just—you look at the—I mean—the yards per catch is just like Will Fuller. It's—it's—it's it's, it's eye-popping. Mm-hmm. It's like the volume right. wasn't always necessarily there because there were some other really good options in that receiving game, but and also, I guess he—he—he he, he, he was hurt for during the season. But the the, uh-huh. the yards per catch, uh, unbelievable. And then he's just a little bit of a little bit of like, you can't tell if the hands are bad or or what. I mean, I—I I had those fears about Will Fuller. He's gotten so much better as an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Players, as, as far as his ball skills. All right. Uh, as finally, as far as these SEC rookies, a guy who I certainly want to talk about as we're recording this, uh, Texas will be facing um, uh, here here next next week. Uh, Riley Ridley of Georgia. I'm not sure that he's even declared yet. He's still undeclared, he's not, yeah. right? um correct but I think he's going to because from Mm -hmm. I've I've just I've heard people talk about him and so I just I wanted to go give him a look uh the reason why I was surprised to hear so much talk about him is because his his yardage numbers through his career have been very underwhelming they're like but, but you know the more you look into it like the receiving game at Georgia like they have they have a good tight end they have a couple of pretty good wide receivers who are, who are older they also have two really good running backs in uh, Swift and uh Hollow, what holy yeah yeah, yeah. The, like yeah. those two guys they 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 really lean on those guys and this year Riley Ridley he had a big uh, touchdown uptick up, up to nine touchdowns in uh in 2018 he's 6 he's, he's listed as 6 foot 2 220 this is Calvin Ridley's brother um and i just he's he's really like what, what sticks out to me is he's extremely good uh, getting into his cuts and like breaking breaking down and exploding out of his cuts it almost reminds me back when I was watching Keenan Allen or even like a Stevie Johnson kind of player I feel like he has elite traits um, and I also think he probably has better than average straight line speed what do you think about Ridley is, is he a guy that you've even or do you do you usually wait to evaluate these guys until they actually declare like what is your book on him
1: Yeah, I will wait to do my formal evaluation on Riley Ridley until after he declares for the draft. I do expect him to declare. I'd be shocked if he didn't. He's a little bit older like his brother, um, but I think that uh, really when you watch him, to me, Riley Ridley is probably, if it's going to be between he and Metcalf, one of those two will be my top receiver in this class, I'm sure, unless they bomb testing or something crazy happens. Yeah, I think Riley Ridley is as talented as they come. You know, let's just start negatives with Riley Ridley all the market share people and the, the production matters people, which it does. I'm not saying it doesn't completely matter. They're going to be chirping. He didn't do they're enough. off. Yeah. They're yeah, going to hate
0: exactly. him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He'll
1: be, he'll be got guy to hate like the, a lot of them hated Michael Thomas and, you know, some other guys <laughs> like that. True. But I mean, I, that didn't work out great for them. Yeah. But yeah. no, I think that you have to look at that stuff. It's important, but you also have to look at the context. Riley Ridley plays in an offense with, let me count them for you. McCole Hardman is going to be top 100 pick consideration just because of his speed when he comes out. Terry Godwin will be a day three pick. He's going to be at the Shrine game. Isaac Nauta, when he declares, will be a top 100 pick as a tight end. If he declares this year, which the word on the street is he's leaning toward declaring, he'll be probably one of the top five tight ends off the board. He's an he's, he's extremely good football player. Coleman, next year in the class, I think he has a chance top 100 pick. How he runs will matter, but... DeAndre Swift is going to be probably a first round pick with what he can do out of the backfield. Oh, yeah, Holyfield will probably be you know round three or four pick. You're playing in an offense with legitimately six NFL guys, and that's not even considering your quarterback, who's going to probably be a first rounder. That's insane. We just don't see that in college football. So yes, Riley really doesn't have crazy production. He's in a run first offense that is easily and clearly when you watch them at their best when they spread the field and they throw the football, but Georgia hadn't done that all season long. They started to do it more against Alabama and were successful as a result, blew that game obviously, but that was the path for Georgia to be, to be honestly undefeated going into that Alabama game was to spread the field, throw to Riley Ridley more. They didn't do it. So because of that, they lost that game. They were close to Alabama. They didn't really look overwhelming and overpowering all season long. You know, that's when they're at their best. He, when they're at their best, he's getting the ball a ton. He and now are getting the ball a ton. You know, he didn't, that, that's not the way they chose to coach. So I don't know how that's Riley Ridley's fault. If you watch his tape, dude is open all the time. Press coverage he eats it alive. His routes are unbelievable. He elevates and plays above the rim as, as good as any receiver in college football. He's, his ball skills and adjustments to the ball are terrific. He may not be a burner in terms of speed, but so many receivers aren't. And he's definitely going to be a 4-5 or five guy at least. So many receivers in the NFL aren't burners pure speed but he knows exactly how to slow and then accelerate slow and accelerate to get out of brakes, create separation you know very technical smooth. Round line, no smooth. Brother yeah. yeah very smooth just at all, right? there are just not that many weaknesses if you just want to, his weaknesses are probably that he doesn't get thrown the ball much and that he doesn't have elite speed probably but i mean He's going to test well, I think. His size is great. His frame is great. His hands are awesome. He makes great catches outside his frame consistently through contact. There's just not a lot missing with Riley Ridley's game. You know, if, if he played another team in the country that, that threw the ball more and that didn't have four other NFL receivers playing around him, you know, then we would we would have no questions about Riley Ridley, really, I think. I think he's I think he's the best receiver right now. You could argue Metcalf is the highest ceiling. I think he's the best receiver right now in this class, and I think that he's... If he tests great, I think he's going to – and I think he will test well. He's definitely going to be a first-round pick, I think, and I think he'll have a chance to go in the top 20.
0: That's insanely good. That's insanely good shit, man. Um, uh, the, and, and here's the other thing. I just think it just – as, as just a little bit of just something that just popped in my head as you were talking about his testing, like we said those the same things about how they're how they 're smooth and about how we 're not sure about the straight line speed, but look how he can burst out of the cuts. look at the polish here and and doing this and this and this the mm-hmm. the, the 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 explosive bursts that are shown and other things like getting up vertically going up above the rim and we 've talked about those things in players like uh Chris Godwin who but and, and we've yeah. said that he's not going to test well and then he goes and he tests really well <laughs> you know so it, mm-hmm. it it could it could end up be you know DJ D. Moore it could end up being being something like that we we he, he right. does end up going going and actually testing really well whenever you put all those traits together right
1: so yeah. my comparison for Ridley is Michael Thomas uh, in terms of stylistic comparison. I think they have very similar skill sets coming out of college and they both happen to have the same knock on them that they weren't highly productive for different reasons and different offenses. I'd not say you'll have the same level of production slash success Michael Thomas has had because Thomas plays with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. That obviously is a big reason why he's been as productive and successful as he's been but talent wise i think they're very very similar and we'll see where ridley goes and but i think that they're similar players than if ridley ends up in a similar spot i think the production and the career outlook could end up being similar as well
0: oh so so riley ridley a guy just off first cuff that i really like too. glad to hear that uh, john likes him uh, as as well and like i said kind of the the smooth silkiness of a uh, or the silky smoothness of a um of a Keenan Allen or of a, or of a Stevie Johnson. And the one guy who always reminded me of Stevie Johnson, whenever he was coming out, I always said that he was just a super rich man. Stevie Johnson was Juju Smith Schuster. I know that you are a huge fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've I've gleaned from uh, listening to your podcast over Mm -hmm. the last month or so. So I just, I got to ask you this before we get out of here. You know, we have, we have Le'Veon Bell who's going to walk ever since James Mm -hmm. Conner has gotten Hurt. We've seen Jalen Samuels come in and do what I'd expected him to do ever since last year's senior bowl when I fell in love with that guy as a pure running back prospect as opposed to a sort of H-back-ish um, Marcel Reese type that a lot of people kind of pegged him as. I said, look, this guy can be a, with the way that NFL running backs are used nowadays, this guy can be a really good receiving running back because I like the, I like his vision between the tackles and I, I think that he has some shed ability through, through his hips and some size that it, that hasn't really been utilized in, 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 in the ways that it might have, um, that might have showcased it best during his time at NC, his time at NC State. Now, Next year, as fantasy football players and as keeper league guys and dynasty players, we or shit. Even this week, we don't even know if James Conner going to be good to go. Have you heard anything this week? Is like is 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 he going to go, James Conner?
1: I don't know. I have. I think he was supposed to be hopefully moving in that direction, but I haven't heard them say anything for sure. I'm yeah. I'm as in we're the dark not, as everybody else. We're about. probably
0: not going to hear anything. Tomlin and those guys aren't going to say anything. But the, yeah, the, that's,
1: <laughs> the the fact of the matter is
0: it's still a conundrum because at some point in time, we are going to have a backfield with where we're going to have to figure out between James Conner and between Jalen Samuels, who's going to be getting touches, how those are going to be divvied up. And on one hand you say, well, it's, it's always been the same with with the Steelers. They have one running back Mm -hmm. who they give all the touches, who's a 95% Mm -hmm. snap count guy who line up everywhere. And Connor had shown that he can do that uh, even whenever Le'Veon had gotten hurt previously. You know, when they had like a a platoon of backs behind Le'Veon, it was still just D'Angelo Williams, just the the whole time just playing the exact same role. What can we expect? Like, could there be a split between Connor and Samuels? Can it just be one of them? Is Samuels just going to be Connor's backup? Like, how's this thing going to play out?
1: Yeah, if Connor's healthy, he's definitely going to be the guy. To me, he was definitely the better of the two players when they've been out there this season. And that's not to take away from Samuels. I think Samuels did some good things. You know, he's clearly more raw as a running back in, which is understandable. I mean, like you said, he played all over and not a lot of it was a running back at North Carolina State. So um, I think that vision-wise, he just will completely stop his feet at times by the level of scrimmage and just really not quite know where he's going. But When the offensive line dominates, you know he was he he once he gets to that second level when he is able to find it, you know he's strong he can run through contact so I like that about James Samuels as a receiver I thought he made a really nice impact and contribution so if he does need to be out there I love the fact that he can give them that because that's something the Steelers have always kind of utilized when they've had it Um, so that's big that he gives them that Um, I think the other thing with Samuels is pass protection he's not very good at it at all right now with part of it's just knowing where to be. That took James Connor at least a year and a half to pick up too. Uh, right before he got hurt, Connor was really, really playing well in that role. Obviously Bell was probably the best pass protecting running back in the NFL. So that was honestly the area the Steelers were hurt the worst when they lost when, when Bell decided not to show up um, because Connor honestly probably outplayed Bell from what Bell was in 2017. Connor outplayed him uh, this year, to be honest. Connor was unbelievable. When he was in the lineup. So if he's healthy, fully healthy, I definitely think he's the guy – but having somebody like Samuels is super valuable. Connor gets nicked or banged up, which he has been really throughout his whole career. I feel like Samuels has some developmental ability running back to be in there. And behind that offensive line, that offensive line is the key. You know, you could put a lot of guys in there. When Steven Ridley doesn't fumble, he's ran the ball well this year. You know, but that offensive line... They've created some, some huge holes and done some really great things this season. And so I think there's a lot of guys that can be successful in Pittsburgh as a running back. So I'm glad they didn't pay Bell long-term and that it's not a priority um, because I think Connor and Zables will be great next year. And they've certainly got enough needs defensively to focus on with the draft as well.
0: Yeah, it's now and now Le'Veon's saying that he wants to go to the Colts as if Chris Ballard's about to pony up all that money for a goddamn running back. I mean, just un, absolute, absolute, I can't see it. <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. All right, man, I had a bunch of other stuff I was going to ask you, but, we're, but we're, we're, we're low on time. Those are the main points I wanted to get to, the SEC wide receivers and the Jalen Samuels talk. Why don't you let the listeners know where they could find your work, how they can follow you, and what it is you guys are doing over there at the Draft Network.
1: Yeah. So at the draft network, we're, you know, the draft all year round, uh, 12 months out of the year, 365 days, we're covering the draft. We're talking about it. We're analyzing college football, breaking players down, you know, so, obviously this is about the time of the year where, you know, that stuff's been interest is going to pick up for everybody. So yeah, definitely pop over the site, check it out uh, here in the next two months. We'll have some really cool features dropping like a mock draft simulator. We'll have a build on own big board uh, that is going to be really kind of state-of-the-art stuff that we've had developers working on. That just, it looks beautiful. It functions beautifully. You're going to be able to do a lot of different stuff. It's really going to be kind of a haven for NFL draft fans. It's going to be a ton of fun. So we're having a blast over there. And then obviously you can follow me on Twitter at Ledyard, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D-N. NFL draft and you can follow the locked on NFL draft podcast with Trevor Sycamore and myself five days a week on iTunes and all the other good spots. You listen to your pods. He's a,
0: he, he's a great friend of roster watch John Ledyard roster watch nation salutes you brother and Godspeed.